Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to Parenthood Friday. Happy Friday. It is so good to be with you guys today. So sorry I missed last week, but as you would know if you're on my Instagram, it was our daughter's birthday and so I was on Mama Judy's doing um, a few parties and things for her. But as promised, I have my favorite guest today. He's <laughs> just smiling at me. I promised you guys that I would bring Cameron in to talk all things marriage. Hey, babe. Welcome. Hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm really good. So good to be here with everybody, all your amazing listeners. Yes. And you're going to be really relaxed and just pretend like we are chatting upstairs, right? That's right. Okay. So... Um, this has been an anticipated episode. I know you've had some people in your travels say to you, oh, you're coming on the podcast this week. And well, I think, you, and I you think like, other what? people told me my travels at airports and interstate <laughs> and you hadn't even told me. No, he found out via other people. He's like, am I coming on the podcast? Oh, yes, you are. I'm organizing your life for you. No, it's great. So, um, so what I've done, I'm just filling Cameron in, um, (laughs) (laughs) on the parenthood, a couple of episodes, we've been talking about marriage and having a strong marriage, um, during your parenting journey. And so I talked about like when the kids were little and how important it is to prioritize, like even that talking time, remember that kind of like couch time it's really good for the kids to see you connecting and chatting. Um, but the goal is like, I always say is to get to the end, not, not, not get to the end. That sounds so like depressing, but to get to the point where your kids are older and, you know, moving out of home or whatever, and that you still look at each other and go, I'm really glad that I've got my life with you. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, how many relationships have we seen when the kids sort of grow up, leave the home and Mm. then the husband and wife are like, who are you? Yeah. And their whole lives were centered around the kids and we've been really intentional about about making sure that you and I are a priority. Obviously, the kids are, mm. but we don't don't want the kids to move out in yeah. years to come. And all of a sudden, yeah, so, who's Renee? <laughs> I I think um, coming from a family where there's been a lot of divorce, right? And then I would see good families. Um, like when we were younger, I would see other good families that had good kids, strong marriage. And I would still, I would always wonder, well, how do you get to that point? And that's probably why I love podcasting because I like to be able to help people because people look at, might look at our life and our kids and go, they're really good kids and you and I've got a good marriage, but what does that look like? Like behind the closed doors of the Bennett household. And so I thought that today we could talk about some of the principles. I've called it marriage counseling with Cameron and Renee, because we do do a lot of marriage counseling, although not as much these days because we get a bit busy. But um, I thought we could share the principles that we've kind of built our marriage on, give a bit of a sneak peek, I guess, on um, what's helped us. And these are the same principles that we talk about when we do marriage counseling. So pre-marriage counseling. Yeah, pre-marriage counseling, yes. Or even even once people are married, if True. they're having like issues. So we've written a bunch of things down 
Um, and we kind of are winging it in the sense of like, we know definitely what the principles are, but we'll just unpack them as we go. So we're not like reading notes or anything, but there are certain things we've always lived by. So first one, absolute go-to, um, would be, and this is probably for before you get married, no skeletons in the closet. Correct. That's number one. And so you don't want to sort of be having a conversation. All right, let's unpack what that is. So yeah, what does that mean? No skeletons. If there's been prior relationships, if there's been um, no secrets. Yeah, no secrets. If there's been other prior relationships, if maybe you've fallen in an area or failed in an area. Um, by being vulnerable and open and, and actually having a discussion. Now, you don't want to be having that in the second week of of having a new relationship with a new girlfriend, but as you're yeah. moving towards being engaged and you're yep. realizing this is really serious, you sort of want to bring those things up, unpack them, and and discuss them and, and process how everyone feels about it. And, yeah, and, and that's a good point because you said not to do it too early. Sometimes people go, well, at what point do we you know, do we really share the deepest, darkest parts of our heart with our partner, with our boyfriend or our girlfriend? Not in the first few weeks, not in the first few months. You you nailed it. Like I think once you're starting, once you're engaged or you're moving towards getting engaged, you know you're going to have your life together. You don't want any surprises, right? And I think when you share your heart, right, and you, like you know everything about me, I know everything about you, and people are often scared to do that because they think they're going to get rejected. Like if you know this about me, then then maybe then you won't love me. Yeah, or accept me. Yeah, and I think that's what makes a great relationship is that you can see those hor- those ugly so called parts of each other, and when you're still loved, even though in spite of or because you know because of those things, you're still loved. It actually makes you feel incredibly safe, and it's healing. Yeah, and it takes courage to do that. Yeah, like, mega. Um, like, who wants to be sitting there telling mm. the person that they want to spend the rest of their life with something um, dark in their past? Yeah. And so um, it's not always, like, dark um, misgivings. It's also fears. fears. Yeah. Oh, there high we go. five it. Bam. Yes. <laughs> um, well, what about that time? This is oh, quite you silly. <laughs> Feeling risky? This is vulnerable? <laughs> I don't know. It depends if it's about you or me. That's no, about you. Oh, shoot. No, 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 it's not. <laughs> uh, remember, remember that time we were pulling out my report cards and I got all a bit melancholy? Yes. Well, we're not married. No, I reckon we're engaged. And and as I was reading, I hadn't p- pulled out my report cards for primary years. Primary school, right? For years. No, no high was it school. high in primary? And then there were some yes. comments from teachers that really... Um, affected me like heaps of potential this that and the other and, and, and as a teacher I'm kind of laughing because you knew I, what sort I, of student I literally I was. know what kind of student you are the Cameron's got a lot of potential if he stops being distracted and talking <laughs> with everyone in class but, but what but once again I didn't realize how those words had impacted me yeah and then you started honing in on that and how did that make you feel and I remember it was like Man, you were like psychoanalyzing me. <laughs> I always would psychoanalyze. But that's why you loved me because I did get below the surface and you felt like no one had understood you like I did. Yeah, and in order for you to understand me, I had to be vulnerable enough to let you see those parts of me. Yeah. That's deep straight off, that was straight deep. off the bat. Wow. And that's not just beforehand. That's all during your marriage. 100%. You know, like sometimes, um, you know, like you would know the, different fears that I have or, and you're the only person I probably feel really safe 
saying that, saying those things too. But I think it is important before you get married because you don't want to, you don't want to have major surprises. Like you want to feel safe when you get married, knowing that you fully know each other. Yes. Um, Okay. Another one that we definitely have built our marriage on from the get go is that we promised that we would never, ever, even if we were angry, fighting, frustrated, mad, we would never use the D word. Let's clarify what that is. <laughs> What's this the is D word? Divorce word. Divorce. We would never, ever threaten divorce. Now, probably partly maybe because of my background, maybe. I, I just Where think we, we made it. We, that no, one? no, we made a decision that our commitment was towards one another to love one another regardless. Yeah, it was never so, an option. So, that so one we of us took that be. off the table early and said, hey, despite mm. of our upbringings, despite how things could get tough in the future, whether it be financial pressures and relational strain, we'll never even contemplate that as an option. So that forced yeah. us in a, in a positive sense towards figuring things out, working things through, having the tough conversations um, and, and, and being gracious, forgiving, no matter how much you offended me and how much you hurt me. <laughs> I remember seeing this Instagram, no, this Pinterest, there's this Pinterest quote or story, I can't remember which one, where someone had asked this old lady marriage advice. Yes. And she said that, well, in my generation, if something was broken, you didn't throw it away, you fixed it. Yeah. Right, and that was the mind, the mentality of yeah. people in the sixties, seventies, fifties. Like you don't throw things out, you fix it. And I think now we're in a generation where if something's broken, you throw it out and you go get a new one, right? And I think that's kind of crept into the way we think about relationships. And so you and I went into marriage, thinking, knowing, being committed to the fact that if something was broken, we fix it. We we it's just. We are committed to one another for life. When we said our vows, that was for life. And so we just took divorce off the table as an option altogether. It was just never an option. The only option was work through it. So I wouldn't see it as broken. Like if, if, mm. if a marriage is strained, every relationship has nuances and ebbs and flows. Mm. And so if the commitment is there to love one another regardless, then you're actually manicuring or you're curating mm. the marriage and that takes mm. effort, that takes work. And so if the commitment is the highest priority to love, let's get spiritual now, like Jesus loves the church, mm-hmm. therefore no matter what goes on, no matter what disappointment, what calamity, um, what grief, hardship, whatever you want to call it, you, you're making a commitment to love and that you're fashioning that. Yeah. And no relationship's yeah. the same. Yeah. And it does make you feel very safe. Like because I know that we're in a in a marriage, in a relationship where you're never gonna walk out the door, that makes me feel incredibly safe. But what do you do if someone's, you know, listening here? It that has to be I think a lot of the reason our marriage is strong is because it's always like we're both invested in it. And it would be really hard if you're invested and the other person's not. Yes, 100%. So I, but I think, um, but then it's a bit like you've got to go back to, when this is the advice I'd give in marriage counselling and have given, Mm -hmm. you've got to go back to why did you fall in love in the first place? Mm -hmm. What, 
what was it about the other person that you you adored, that you mm. loved, that you appreciated, that you're so thankful for? Mm. And I think what happens is, is in a marriage, if you can be, if you become too familiar, it it can cheapen the value of the other person and what they bring into your world. Yeah. And then and then that familiarity breeds contempt. Yeah. So to speak. Yeah. And so that's why you have to constantly make sure that. Um, you're valuing, yeah. honoring, loving, appreciating. Yeah, and that kind of leads to the next one. I've just thrown another one in here that okay. I thought of that's I think we've built our marriage on very much so is be best friends. I remember at the start before we were dating and I remember, you know, Russell would talk to you oh, and me. I always, I was probably actually more used to chat with Sam and Russell. I'd been in their world a lot longer and a lot more than what you had at the time. And I remember chatting with them and just saying, oh, nah, I could never go out with Cameron. That would just, that would be a a recipe for disaster. And he's like, no, but you guys have got a great friendship and that's a recipe for a great future. Yes. Because we actually were really good friends. Yeah. And even though we didn't have a lot of interests necessarily in common. Not at all. Okay. I'm sporty, AFL. <laughs> I can't even catch a ball. <laughs> I love going to the gym. It's your I worst hate nightmare. The gym. Going for a run. <laughs> I hate running. <laughs> Renee runs pigeon toe, everybody. <laughs> there you go. I do not. <laughs> pigeon toe is toes in. Oh, eh, all right. What's the reverse of pigeon toe? It's because I'm a ballerina with my the feet ballerina. out. You I keep saying that one. No one's believing it. I did ballet my whole childhood, excuse me. How many people do ballet and their feet don't <laughs> run out wide? <laughs> no, don't, you're going to sound like a retard. I can't say that yeah. word. Oh, sorry. Sorry, guys. I shouldn't say that word. We were children of the 70s and 80s where you could say that. Um, um, wh- how, sorry, I was just like, okay, I can read. Interests. I love reading. You hate reading. I can skim read. You? I love articles. Read like on the toilet. Like two, I don't. Yeah, you read articles. I read books. I have got no sense of direction whatsoever. That's probably the main thing we'd fight about is direction. That's really strained our marriage. It really has. It's pretty much if I if I think we should go left, we pretty much should go right because I'm always wrong on direction. Or you used to ring me on the way to a youth camp with directions, and I'd try and explain. Go, give me a landmark. (laughs) What road are you on? I don't don't know know which way you're traveling. I I don't know. Anyway. Okay. So, so different interests, but we had, we had the uh, friendship we shared with one another. We loved explaining our days. We, I check in with you still do several times a day. See, I'm not lying when I tell you guys that you still really do. I think we've got the same values. Yes. Don't we? And and then also we're hell bent or heaven bent on, on establishing the kingdom of God. And that's, and, and, and we love Jesus. So, yeah. So and that's I'll at just, the center of us. It is, yeah, very much so. I think that's important. I just and I've just always enjoyed your company. Like even now, if you and I get like in the morning or whatever, we'll go. Oh, let's go get a quick coffee before we shoot off to our day. Um, yeah, we just like each other's company. So like right now, the no kids are home. One's working, oh. one's at the gym, one's eating, and we're like, oh, it's bliss. It's bliss. Oh, we love the kids. Okay. We we adore the kids. Okay. This one is really important. I swear if every person lived by this, there would be no divorce left on the planet. And that is don't let the sun go down. This is a Bible. This is a Bible scripture. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Okay. Let's unpack that for a second. 
I am sure if people lived by this, there'd be no divorce because it doesn't say don't get angry. Like you and I can argue. Strong discussions. I could argue. Strong discussions. Very strong discussions. So, because we're both strong people, right? You are. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Cameron should have been a lawyer. He's one of these people that he'll argue with facts and it kills me because I'm just like, want to argue with emotion. I don't like, but I've gotten good at facts because I have to argue with you. But it's not about... Yeah, okay. It's not about not getting angry, right? You have your issues and it's totally fine. But making sure that you sort it out before you go to bed at night, because what happens if you don't, and this is what happened in my family, and I watched this lead to divorce twice in my family, where, you know, the parents got angry at each other and that issue that might have been for an hour to begin with then it was a whole day argument and then it became two days and then before you knew it there was silent treatment and slamming of cupboards for a week and then a week and it just goes on and on yeah so toxic yeah well i think just having that one principle Mm -hmm. not letting the sun go down there's so much wisdom in that because Mm. it teaches you you've got to forgive and forgive when you don't feel like it. It teaches you to extend grace and mercy even if you feel like you've been wronged. It teaches you to turn the other cheek. Move towards. Yeah, move towards and it's... it's it's Come to an understanding. It's such a powerful principle because if, if you do adhere to those, you actually have to be like Christ mm. and that's good for your soul. Yeah. And, and that probably leads on to... But I... Do you you want to go on to the next one? No, not yet. Not yet. Because I feel like this is really important. Let's unpack what it looks like a little bit. You're better at this than me, right? So if I'm upset about something, I can't, I find it hard to move past my emotions, right? And you're probably the better one at moving towards. So if we're like... In this area. Yeah. And you know what? When you think about it, we actually very, very now, very, very, I can't remember the last time that we've been mad that long anyway, that, you know, you go to bed mad, but this was probably earlier on Mm. in our marriage and you, I I would be happy to go to bed. I want to, I want to punish you by going to bed, going, staying quiet, roll over my side and just go to sleep. Not going to let that happen. And you wouldn't let that happen. So I feel like you are better at this Because I understand how damaging that can be if that continues to flow on, because if you can't pull it together on that first 24 hours so to speak or that first time slot yeah then i don't want to wake up the next morning with all this ugliness with all this unspoken business and and Mm -hmm. and it undealt with issues so it's like let's just resolve it so remember we'd have quite a few nights where it'd be like two two o'clock in the morning it's like no we're gonna figure this out yeah and at least get it to a point where it's like hey we might disagree on this and my attitude or response was incorrect. I'm sorry if that hurt you or affected yeah. you. I love you, sweetheart. And then- yeah, so even if we couldn't solve the issue, we still would go, all right, we need to talk about that issue more, but I love you. And we'd, you know, the so stings, our hearts. The sting's gone out of it and the hearts have connected. Yeah, and our hearts would move toward one another again and even if we had to then talk more about that issue. So, so a few practical things I'm just thinking of now. Um, if you're arguing in a car get out the car and go for a walk. Like change, <laughs> yeah, like change the atmosphere. Mm. Like it was really good advice that I think we got given early in our marriage. If you're mm. in a certain room, then move to another room. 
Yeah, there's something that breaks the the, the the engagement of the of the heat of the discussion, the strong discussion, or the heat of the argument. <laughs> the argument, yeah, yeah, that's true. And so, just a very practical dynamic mm-hmm. to to short circuit things when everyone's engaged in the battle. Yeah, <laughs> and you would be good, like with me. You would always like grab my arm and pull me towards you and that's a circuit breaker gently. for me gently gently <laughs> gotta be careful saying <laughs> yeah no i didn't mean pull i mean like you would you would just like put your arm around me and i'd want to kind of like flick you off like don't don't touch me but you were very you you persistent you were persistent and that for me was a key because that would melt my heart very quickly yeah so um so it's good to then find what's the circuit breaker for the other person totally I don't know where yours is. <laughs> no, I think if you go headstrong against me, but if you understand where I'm coming from, and once you've validated how I feel, yes, then you would bring me back around, yeah, and 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 start tackling some of the other, yeah, yeah. logs, <laughs> logs, rocks. Yes. So this does lead to our next one, and I think we decided this early on because we had an argument in front of our youth team I think it was Oh really? What yeah. Was that one? So have each other's back in public. Oh pub- yes. Yeah, have each other's back in public. Someone was telling us the other day and I can't mention any names because I don't want anyone to identify anyone but how um someone that they know that's close to them argues with their spouse all the time in front of other people and how uncomfortable it made them feel. Oh my God. Yeah. Have you ever been around another couple when they're arguing? I mean, it's not like our best friends, like they can argue and we think it's hysterical, but people that you don't know as well, if people argue, if a husband and wife in front of you, it's so awkward. Yeah. But I think, um, no, cause there was a couple of times where maybe you, which is hard and sometimes in a leadership position because yes. you might have an, you might have an insight that, might help, but I'm trying to make another point in another area. And it can sometimes seemingly look like maybe you're undermining what I'm trying to say or vice versa. It could be in a a space where you're bringing leadership and then I come in over the top and, and can seemingly undermine you or or devalue. And and it's not usually that way around because you're usually the boss. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. No, no, but that's true. I'm thinking of a time when we were leading, this would have been back in Adelaide with our youth team at our house. And I am a super sensitive person, right? I'm very, I get hurt And I was probably easily. young in my leadership trying to... You, you probably didn't really do anything wrong. I think you just uh, shut me down. Not not even really in a mean way, but shut me down. And my feelings were so... Well, hang I was on. Let's, let's say, let's... Re- you didn't mean you, to. You would say it felt like a shut me down, but I would say I was being direct and bringing... <laughs> yes, those words <laughs> come up. And bringing leadership. Those words come up all the time. I say to Cameron... You're you're being you're being too strong. You're being too much of a bully with me. And he's like, no, I'm being direct. So his version of direct is my. But, you, but once again, let's put this in context. I come from a family <laughs> that could literally scream at each other at the top of their lungs, and there's bizarre. a health, there's a healthy respect for whatever they said. And so I was so shocked. So I've got to come from that environment where we love each other profusely and can have a very, very robust argument, strong discussion, and everyone's clear about where everyone stands. And then, but if my family did that. Yeah. You literally would never talk to each other for the rest of your breathing days. But that's been good because you've yes. had to soften yeah. me. Well, I've had to be softer in the way I communicate because you're more sensitive. And that's. Yeah. 
But then when you get like, no kidding, Cameron has got a brother and a sister. And normally there's like one strong one, one, one quieter one. Oh, my days, not in his family. All three of them are as choleric as each other, sister and brother and him. Great. I love them all to bits. But Very direct. Very know direct. what they want. And so my sister-in-law and I and the other brother-in-law, we're like, yep, we're vacating. <laughs> they, can, <laughs> they can all go to it. Um, but that shocked me. That shocked me when I first came into your family and they could all shout at each other and I would just be holding my breath like, oh, my gosh, that's it. They're, all gonna, they're never going to talk to each other but, for the rest of their lives. And then five minutes later, you're all laughing. Yeah, but, that, but once again, but you and I had to make that clear that we wouldn't, have any of those sort of the strength or an argument in front of other people. Yeah. We'd just sort of pull it together and then go away and have that discussion, particularly in a leadership environment where we don't want other people to lose respect or it doesn't mean we're fake. It's like there's a time and a place and there's no use having a big, lengthy, long argument in front of your youth team. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I mean, they don't need that. They've got enough problems as it is dealing with the youth. Our stuff now, though, they'll laugh at us because we're – but it's not it's not stuff – there's a difference between, like, a good, strong discussion when you're sitting there in a staff meeting, for example, but you and I aren't having major digs and criticising each other. There's a difference, isn't there? And, so, and we're talking more about the actual having digs, having fights, criticising one another. We said from the – and I remember, I'll never forget when you said it right at the start, you go, you and I are always unified in public. Yeah, we've always got each other's back. Yeah, and then it'll and kill you let, behind closed doors. Then, no, not letting anyone <laughs> divide us. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's good. Um, well, that let let's go on to this one. Um, I'm jumping down a few from the points now. No, I'm going to go to the, the next one. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. Oh, all right. So, um, there's probably one of the best piece of advices that I love giving, and when we have marriage counselling, whether it's pre or people who are currently married, um, is sometimes there's this blame game that happens and you're doing this or you're not doing enough here and you need to step up and you're falling short and you, 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 you. And it's this back and forth and everyone's pointing fingers. Mm. And so early on, Renee and I, well, really, it was in our engagement, mm. we determined that if it's affecting you, it's affecting me. If if mm. something that you're doing um, is is straining the relationship or going to strain our potential marriage, then it's not your problem, it's our problem. So if you're struggling in an area, then we're struggling in an area. Yeah. And so we that whole one can take a 1,000 to flight. Two can take 10,000. In order for that to be fully outworked, Mm. well, you've actually got to make sure that you are lifting one another up. You're encouraging one another. You're covering each other's nakedness, so to speak. You're you're speaking strength into into our partner's, spouse's Mm. weak areas. Mm. And we're we're actually making it, you know what, I'm contributing my part to help you Mm. in breaking through in an area so it's not yeah, it's, it's not your problem it's our problem yeah but it might not even be a weakness or an area you have to break through in it could be it could be anything like what i know i'm trying to think of an example sorry you on the spot. you threw me on the spot no i was thinking i was trying to think of it as you were talking like it's not always around a, a personal weak problem it might be um i don't know say i'm having say when i was teaching and i had an issue at school or something like that you just everything, any anything that ever has come up in our marriage, you would always take it on board as a 
as a, well, let's solve it together. Let's talk about it together. It's, yeah, it's how can never, I contribute and make sure, yeah. even if it's a listening ear to yeah. giving advice or at times I remember you'd say, I don't want advice or I don't want to know the right thing to do. I just want to, and then you just want a hug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's not always centered around a weakness. It just could be anything, but we own things yeah. together. So, so, and then that stops the blame game mm. because that's, that can break a marriage apart. Mm. And so it's like, let's, mm. let's mitigate that and take that one off the table. Like the sun yeah. going down with your off. Now let's take off. It's mm. you, 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 you. It's like, let's, mm. let's both take responsibility and figure this out together. It's us. It's yeah. not you. Yeah. I feel like we should throw in a few more stories. People like it when they hear stories. Um, all right, well, this would be a good one to do it around, knowing the strengths and the weaknesses that you bring into the marriage. But what I was going to say before we jumped was when we were talking about our families, I think it's really important at the start to know what um, – because your family to you is normal. The way that you were raised to you is normal until you meet someone else and go, oh, my gosh, you were raised so differently. Your family is so different. And you have to establish early on what were the good things about your family that you want to bring into your marriage and what what are the things that you want to change? Because when you get married, that's a new opportunity for you to start a brand new family. And you and I were very, very intentional on that, weren't we? We were intentional Big on time. the things that we would bring in and the things that we wanted to change. And we talked a lot about that. Like even little things like we weren't massive on celebrating birthdays. Your family are terrible. <laughs> we just... <laughs> We didn't make a big song and dance about it. Let's just say it that way. And they still don't. It's mortifying. I'm it's like, just different. Okay. Family secrets revealed here, guys. No. What are you going to say? <laughs> no, this is not too bad. So my sister-in-law, Cameron's brother, Cameron's got a brother, and he's married a girl that's very similar to me, right? We're both teachers. We're both very kind of organized. We both are very much like we celebrate each other, birthdays, all that kind of stuff. And so pretty much every Christmas, every birthday, everything that ever happens in the Bennett family is organized by us too. But then the others try and come in and change it. And we're like, are you kidding me? You guys didn't even, you know, like George's birthday, two, two of the girls have just turned 21, both our daughter and our niece. And so I started a family chat. I'm like, we're all in different states. Let's start a family chat. And then I'm like, come on, guys, everyone put money together. Let's buy a special gift for our other niece. And then when it came to George's birthday, no one organized it. So I'm like, I had to organize it. So you're bringing strength to our (laughs) marriage in that regard. It's frustrating. But yes. Yeah. But I've got vision, direction. Yes. I'm a can-do person. Keep talking about all the things that you're good at. I love it. <laughs> we talked about your strengths. That you're you bring you bring a lot of spontaneity, whereas I'm very routine. I'd like never leave the house and be so routine with the kids. But you'd go, let's all get in the car and. But I would argue that your routine's been very good for our family and for me. Yes. So so you'd be a backpacking hippie that travels around the continents if it wasn't for me. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I do two years in each city <laughs> and then move on to the next one. Yeah. So so knowing the, the background you come from and knowing what you want to bring in and, and what your family, what you want your family to look like. Yeah. And so, values, yeah. communication style. Yeah. Um, traditions. traditions. We, we, we were yep. very, I was very big on, I understood that to create a family identity, traditions were important. Friday night, pizza night. 
Friday night pizza night, even things like we would always, one of us would always be there for the kids. So if you traveled, I didn't travel. Um, I was probably more the stay at home person. And we were really happy for that because we wanted the kids to have you know, stability that if you weren't there because you were traveling, but then there were things like you would never travel on their birthdays. So yeah. It's like you were home for but that. We, and we determined and decided that and it, everyone was happy with the arrangement. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm the stay at home mum. <laughs> the the kids aren't even home. <laughs> I'm traveling the world with my voice. Do you know, I've got like my second number two listeners are in the U.S. That's unbelievable. I know. All of a sudden. I don't know. All this bunch of people have discovered me in the US. It was the UK. Now it's the US. You'll need to do a, need to start a podcast tour. Now the borders are opened up again. <laughs> it's a good excuse to get out of Australia. No, I love Australia. If I go anywhere, even this, oh my gosh, I love Europe. Cameron loves Asia. We've been to Asia about five times. We went to Europe once. When we got home, he goes, Okay, good. That's done. Is Europe out your system now? No, I, you did. No, but I would say the older I'm getting, oh. the more I'd value and appreciate Europe. Okay. But there's nothing Europe... better than going to Asia and getting no. bang for your buck. No, because you just like the food. <laughs> the food is your draw card. Europe was stunning. I'm like, that trip to Europe just wet my appetite. I mean, London. Oh, my gosh. We went to Mike Pilavachi's yeah. conference. It was amazing. Anyway. Paris, Amsterdam. Okay. Oh, that's where I'm from. Amsterdam was amazing. We hired bikes. And, and rode for days. rode around <laughs> for a couple of days and then ticked off all the Dutch people, which is so funny because I'm clogs. Dutch. I did not wear clogs. I am Dutch, but I can't understand the language because my parents divorced when I was so young that I didn't hear them talking Dutch. And we got in trouble with all the Dutch people because we were parking our bikes <laughs> in the wrong spot. And they were going off their nuts. And I'm like, hey, or maybe I look Dutch because they were all blonde haired and brown eyed, actually. I'm like, hey, we're Australian. Where are we meant to We've park got it? no idea what we're doing. We're we were, we were trying to drag the bike up and put it against the wall thinking <laughs> we're doing the right thing. They were going off that nut because we had to put it in the curb. Anyway. Um, okay, babe, we've got a couple left and we've we kind of like hit a half an hour. <laughs> Um, let's go communication style. Maybe we'll finish with that one. So you think it's important to know each other's, that was you, you wrote that one. So what do you mean? So, um, so in communicating, um, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I can't communicate about communication. Do you know what's so funny? I said to Cameron, I'm busy. I ran the academy today. I haven't stopped. I just did George's birthday. I'm like, you need to write some stuff down. So he wrote down about three things about half an hour ago and sent them to me. Language of love. And that was one of them. <laughs> language of love. No, I think we've covered sense. communication style. Where, yeah, true. Where you're I'll a lot give you more that. empathetic, sensitive, kind, <laughs> of direct. Direct. You flail your arms. <laughs> like, okay, when Cameron and I are walking somewhere. Strong. Yeah. I always, I always say I'm going to have to start oh, wearing a no. white ribbon. I just say this is a joke. Because when we're walking somewhere, he's so loud. He's six foot two. So he's loud. He's like this big athletic build. He likes it when I say that. Oh, gee. <laughs> and, and when he talks, he's always moving his arms around. And he looks aggressive, but he's not being I'm aggressive. Almost, I, like, literally. I talk like an Italian. Yeah, you do. And I see other people looking at us, like probably checking in to see yeah, if I'm safe. Because of this big hypersensitivity. Exactly. So I'm hypersensitive 
very aware of all the people around and how they're looking over at us. Aware. I'm over aware. He's under aware because he, well, he just doesn't no, care. I'm about and, even keel. <laughs> and then I always say, um, I always say, babe, you've got to calm it down because people think you're shouting at me and being aggressive. So, just to be clear, I might be getting excited about an idea that God's given me or I might be getting excited about an initiative yeah. that we might be doing in Youth Alive or in the church or yes. I might be getting excited about a great conversation I had with someone that day. You're not even just getting excited. You could just be talking about the dog crossing the road and you would talk like that. That's just you. <laughs> All or nothing. <laughs> like so, we were in the supermarket and, okay, I don't know whose issue it is with peripheral and surroundings. Well, it's just an incident. You stepped back while I stepped forward. You were trying to pick no, pizza bread. No, hang on. Bread. Let's be clear. We went all our separate ways of the, of the shop, and then I'm <laughs> trying to pick some bread off of the shelf. And then I come and up then to whisper sudden, something. Someone comes up right behind me, <laughs> unannounced. How could you not feel that there's an Because I was focusing on the bread. But then because you stepped on me, he got mad. Oh, this is getting and too real. And he did it loud. And then the people around us looked at us and then I was really Okay, language of love. Okay, let's finish on that one. I, I That sounds so cliche, language of love, but it's actually important. Well, it was a great book. It was a really good Gary, book. If, Gary Smalley. Uh, I can't, yeah, maybe, maybe. And you can actually do it. You know what, guys? You can do an online test of love languages and you can do it as a parent, as a child, but also as a partner, like in a relationship. It is helpful because you've got to know how do you give love and how do you receive love? And if they don't match up, like if I don't give it the way you receive it, then, then you can miss each other. You totally miss each other. Pardon me, excuse me, but you used to buy me flowers, for example, and I really do love flowers, but I didn't get excited enough and then you stopped and I'm like, you don't buy me anything anymore. You're like, and then you said, well, you don't, you don't Every get time excited. I got your flowers, it was a bit like, oh, okay, thank you. But buy me a book, a book and a coffee. A blue sweater. Oh. With a roll neck. Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay, guys, we will finish on this story. When we were, were we engaged? Maybe first year married. No, no, we definitely were not married okay. because you borrowed your dad's sports car and you took me to the lens hide and he bought me this gift, right? I'm, I, I think very made, expensive, very expensive. I think I've got OCD, right? He bought me this top that was knitted, high neck, skin tight, short sleeves. I hate high necks. I hate sleeveless. I hate knitted. Sleeveless? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So sleeveless and a high neck. Double whammy combo of like, let me vomit. And it was tight and I hate tight stuff. And I literally remember thinking. Yeah, I wore it once and I remember. I still remember how I felt. I could not enjoy eating food at the lens of hide because I had the most uncomfortable top and I absolutely wanted to cut that thing. I hated it, Mm. but I wore it because you got it for me. And then I think you worked it out because I never wore it again. And you said to me, you didn't you, like that. Talk, you didn't did like you? that, and I'm like, <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> so now, never buy never clothes again. Buy me clothes. Buy me a book. I will love you forever. Like I nearly I cried that. at Christmas time when Ashton bought me the Forever Dog book. See, tears. <laughs> We're gonna get a new puppy soon. Because Cameron loved Callie as much as I did. Mm. See, but he doesn't want to talk about it because he doesn't like dealing with his emotions. True. Okay, so basically the takeaway with Languages of Love, because we kind of need to finish up. Um, get the book and understand how to give and how, to, how you give and how you receive love. And then make yeah. sure that you communicate that with your partner 
your mm. wife or husband to be, or even right now within your marriage, mm-hmm. and you will have a very long, good life. Okay. And I'm going to finish by giving, doing, like actually modeling this right now. I, I know how to wrap Cameron around my little finger. Oh, yeah. All you have to do is encourage me. Is encourage him. <laughs> Izzy and I laughed our heads off the other day because I'm like, you guys Izzy. play me. Yeah, we play. I know. I go, Izzy, Izzy, watch this, watch this, watch this. Oh, babe, that was so, honestly, that sermon was so good on Sunday. It was flipping amazing. And straight away, Cameron's like, what was that? Really? Really? Why? What was that? (laughs) Why? What was it? Oh, but anyway, babe, you're awesome. Thank you for joining me. You were good today. Such an honor to be here, Renee. I love you. I love you too. I'm playing you right now. Oh, gee. No, I do. I love you. I love you very much. Okay, I think that's helped everyone. And Cameron is now stretching his arms because he is done and his ADD is kicked in and he's going to go make pizza for us. Yay. See everybody. See you guys. We love you. Have a wonderful week and I'll see you next Wednesday. Ooh, what topic will we talk about? You'll have to come and see. Bye.